This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy! And everyone's in on it! I know what's going on. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Did you see the memo about this? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. Don't you see what this means? Welcome to episode 53 of You're Missing the Point podcast, where we discuss the weird, the wonderful, and the downright bizarre aspects of life, as we have conversations with people from all over the world. Today, we welcome back a man who is known as the White Gandhi, to others, the Tantric Tantalizer, and the Aussie Genghis Khan, a man who has explored the dark web, the subcontinent, and the dark web itself, a bloke whispered about in hushed tones amongst the Vedics, the Aussie Maharaja, and the gangly guru, let us welcome back for the third time, Fozzie, Welcome back, mate. Thank you, mate. I think um, <clears throat> I don't think I don't think the whisperings, the whisperings that are happening, are good whisperings. From all the whisperings that I've been hearing going around on the Twitter sphere, it seems to be everything's of a negative, negative mindset currently. Jeez. I don't know why. That's but... a bloody understatement, that's for sure. It's very cloak and dagger yeah. at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit weird. Like mass blocks, you know. Like um, I don't. She won't care if I say her name. I don't need to ask her permission. She, she's pretty public and vocal about her thoughts and feelings. But uh, Therese, she, um, she's been blocked by a whole heap of people because of her views. and which, she... kind, which kind of goes against what I think the main idea of what I consider to be the core conservatives is that they're all about free speech and they were always <laughs> about hearing anything from the left, no matter how crazy it was, because the whole idea is... I don't have to like your views or uh, approve of your views, but I'll fight to the death for them to be said. And the idea that um, you kind of destroy bad ideas with good ideas. And I feel like this is just a cop out in a lot of ways. Not that I I wholly subscribe to what um, Teresa is talking about, but I do, I do track a lot of it. And a lot of it does actually gel with my understanding of history and how the world is at the moment. It's quite sad that when, uh, People within our own little politico sphere seem to be just blocking each other, and it kind of all came from this idea of doxing, which seems like a, a funny thing in itself. Because where's the line blur between doxing, where you name someone publicly on a on a social media platform by their real name, but how's that any different from putting together a quasi hit list of people that you determine to be neo Nazis? Because I think that's where it all kind of stemmed from. And yeah, it kind oh, of got sure. blown up from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really spoken with Therese like in great length about like what happened or Mick or any of the others. It's only just been the sort of like ramblings and musings, like sort of, you know, post post whatever happened and transpired that fateful evening. Um, it's weird when we look at the sort of freedom of speech aspect because 
it's true. You certainly want to like uphold that, but there like comes this moment, I think with a lot of people where even their, their perspective on it or their thoughts on freedom of speech really begin to rattle their like moral compass. It begins to like rattle their ethical compass and they don't know, like they panic, you know, and like, what's the easiest solution? Block, 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 just block everyone, baby. Oh, I don't need to deal with it. Am I, I'm going to stomach these feelings. They're going to stay in there. They're not going to leave, you know, like it's just, it's weird to see how it's all like transpired. And it's, it's actually a bit of a shame to be honest with you, because like the Australian online community is already very, very small at this, these sort of events don't do anything to reinforce that like unity, that like coming togetherness. And I understand everyone has like different perspectives on things and it's hard to sort of like navigate those waters. But I think both sides play fault to this or whatever people interpret to be sides. They seem to want to just like always always draw the card about whatever political talking point is like the hot thing right now, as opposed to talking about like sort of fundamental problems within, you know, the society or the governmental structure that governs the society, as opposed to like, oh, did you see that Anthony Albanese got married? Like, fuck, bro, I couldn't give two shits. <laughs> I honestly couldn't. I couldn't care. Like, it's just distraction. That's all it is. But, yeah. So just... Fundamentally, is this the problem that I think even right-wing or conservatism has in the West at the problem that has an identity crisis? And that's why these, these communities are so fractured? Because mm. ultimately what we're talking about here is what I would consider to be centre- conservatives and the Nat, Nat Sock guys, the national socialists who are, you know, to their benefit, they are out. They are saying their truth. God, that's a lefty line. They're saying their truth. They're communicating it. And come a hell or high water, they're ready for the repercussions of it. It just seems weird to me that even though we're so heavily divided as a community as is, why you would you go to the efforts of blocking those people, but you would give groups of extreme leftists the time of day who are all about mutilating the genitals of children? It seems like a weird polarisation for me. Sure, the National Socialist guys go down that heavily um, ethnocide type of nation where they want a nation of just white people, essentially, at the end of the day. But all the way up until that extreme point, they hold a lot of the conservative values of a nationalised Australia where the economy's strong, we're standing on our own two feet. They want Australians to come together. It's all down to that that last 2 to 3% which they differ on, which they have the same with the, the mainstream conservatives, which is weird considering we're the complete polar opposites of the purple-haired weirdos who are all about sexually brutalising children. It doesn't seem like we can come together as a a conservative wing of politics to go against the big issues. And it's not just finding the identity of who we are as conservatives or traditionalists. It's figuring out what's the biggest battle. And I think the biggest and easiest battle we can overcome together and put aside all our smaller differences is the kids. Because mm. ultimately they're the next few generations that are either going to turn left or turn right in the political game. And we have to protect them first, but instead we're arguing about people throwing Romans in the streets and worrying about people going back to snazzy uniforms and funny little mustaches. 
for yeah, people yeah. from Austria. It's just a weird place to be in. We're so fearful of the precedent of history from one person or one political group that we're allowing the other end of it to kind of take control at the moment. Mm. And it's weird as well because of the name and the thought and the sort of persona that like the national socialist movement like sort of adopts it adopts conservative values with left-wing identity politics absolutely it does it's a bit it's i understand why it is that i understand why it has come like out of the underground you know like i i truly do like you can you can look at you can look at like from the sort of seven years leading up to the removal of the white Australia. So obviously over like sort of a seven year period leading up to, I think it was 60, 73 is when it was officially removed. And I believe 66 is when like it had, when the removal was underway. So like they had to take certain parts out, like certain policy, like you couldn't just take it all out. Like the whole, you know, the whole system would come crashing down. So, you know, the, the sort of, and it's weird because it came in the same time as like foreign banking begun to like take root in Australia as well, which is really interesting. But anyway, it's like, that's what had happened. And then the results of the results of that have led to a, a huge increase in, in migration to Australia, which I think generally speaking, most people don't have an issue in small amounts. And as long as the immigrants that you are bringing in, are like skilled workers. Like there's no point just, you know, and I've heard, I've heard like Islamic imams talk about this. I've heard about like, you know, I've heard like Jewish rabbis talk about this. Politicians talk about this, about like when, when you are a country that wants to export people, it's absolutely crucial that the one thing you try to avoid as well, generally speaking, from like a moral good, the one thing you try to avoid is just sending the trash. Because if you just sh- send the trash, like it begins to break down your relationship with that country. Because if you bring in too many of one particular group in a, in a short amount of time, that waters out that culture that's already existed there. It and leaves it, a sour taste in the mouth for the, the native yeah, populations a little bit too. Dude, you could like just point to like the Cronulla riots as like a prime example of what happened when there was too many Lebanese that came in in, in such a short amount of time. Like, I don't particularly have a quarrel with the Lebanese community, but like how Cronulla riots played out and the years leading up to the Cronulla riots, where there was constant gang fights, there was raping going on, like it was it was wild. And then obviously, just like that national, just like the national socialist movement is doing is to what the locals around the region of Cronulla were doing the years prior. And that's being vocal in councils and stuff like that. They were protesting in the fucking streets. It, you know, there's obviously that meme about like that South Park meme, like they took their jobs and that that is there as well. There's a whole host of things, but ultimately that, um, how would you describe it? It's like the, the, the two cultures that are so wildly different in many respects, obviously Lebanon's not in Europe and come with that is its own set of culture. Like generally you would think that, you know, the sort of moral compass would sort of familiarize itself irrespective of culture. But I think when the cultures are so different, so vastly different, and you bring in so many in such a short amount of time, like that's the end result is you end up with situations like Cronulla rides, you end up with situations like in the city with like, 
you know, these Palestine protests, like pro-Palestine protests or whatever it might be, like these sort of like clashing of cultures and how they're impacting like the sort of greater mechanisms of the societal fabric. And it just, God, we can talk. I can go into like more detail, but like. Do you know what I liken it to? You know how you go out to the pub and they make those crazy cocktails which have multiple levels of alcohol and they don't mix into each other? <laughs> it's it's where it's like you have to have it slowly and progressively over time because if you pour too much of one ingredient in, it ruins the whole drink. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you slowly stack it in nice little organized layers, it's a beautiful thing. Like yeah. multiracial countries, they work. We've seen it happen throughout history. Yeah. But it's the cultural aspect. It's when yeah. too much culture of any demographic, any group comes in all at once. It's like a shock to the system. It's like a human body. It's right. the antibodies try to self-correct the issue. Absolutely. Whereas if it's a, uh, say, like a surgery where a pin's been put in your arm, your body doesn't fight that off because it's it's been done in such a, a surgical, precise way that it's it's there to stay the course. Yeah, correct. It's... um. It's weird to see how it's sort of molded Australia in the last sort of like 15, 20 years or so. And it feels like that, it feels like that bolstering of the identity politics has infected every single group now. Every single cultural group, doesn't matter, like throw a dart on a map wherever it lands, like there's going to be that rise in like cultural marxist identity politics like however you want to like sort of you know shoot it that's what seems to be happening and i think it's an inevitable thing um i feel like there's nothing you can do to stop it but there's things you can do to rectify it and those things do to rectify it from my personal belief is just purely through education just purely through education. It doesn't matter what age group. It doesn't matter if it's a child. I mean, obviously you want, you don't want to like indoctrinate fucking children first and foremost from the education sector. And for me, that also includes that nine to five mind mapping meld that kids go through. But irrespective of that, <clears throat> I think it's just about like educating the masses and what happens when, you know, government intervenes with, the cultural identity of that nation when it really like wants to sort of harbinger these cultural Marxist identity politics that are built into it. Cause obviously left-wing governments love what, what do they love? They love building little social bubbles and then fueling money and projects into those social bubbles. So then they can tax more people and reel in more money. And then the cycle, it's just, that's just how it is. You know, that's the nature of like left-leaning politics. I understand. I'd like to, I'd like to believe that most left-leaning or social-leaning politicians genuinely care about the society, but it just seems like in the last decade or two that has just, like, gone off the edge of a cliff and now, like, all the politicians are basically, in my personal view, just a bunch of fucking actors that don't really care. They just go in for the four years to do what they've got to do and out they go. Golden handshake line their pockets. It's That's interesting it. that you mentioned the Cronulla riots because I was in high school at that point and I'm trying to track like a time variation of how long it takes for say a a mass group to come in before there's that natural kickback, that that festering of cultures slowly bubbling over the surface. 
The Lebanese Civil War arguably started in 1975, ended in 1990. So we had successive waves of Lebanese throughout that time. But yeah. as a kid growing up in the 90s and into the early 1000s, race really didn't seem like an issue at all until the Cronulla riots. Correct. There didn't seem to be racism. You didn't really recognize race as much as kids back then. We're very hopeful about the future. We saw everyone as being Australian. It was, it was a prosperous time in my memory because it looked like the world was literally our oyster. Well, growing up in a great time, there wasn't anything really going on that seemed like it had any major impacts on Australia until that day, which is really which is really interesting because if if we go off 1990 as the end date of that civil war and potentially we had the last few um, waves of Lebanese migrants coming in all at once at that time, it's roughly taking a decade, just under a decade or so for those cultural issues to emerge. And And what did we see... Which demographic did we see arrive in Australia a little over 10 years ago? Sudanese Civil War. Yeah. And now we're starting to see African youth gangs in our country, which is very reminiscent of the Lebanese issue of the early mm. thousands in Sydney. Mm-mm-mm. But it's again, it's an even it's an even further removed culture from what we would deem to be very alien. Whereas Lebanese has some commonalities in regards to the Mediterranean. Um, yes, it's uh, it's a Christian and mixed Muslim country. It's uh, Arab in a lot of ways, but it still has that slight cultural connection to the West. Whereas African culture is so vastly different. Australia isn't in a position like the United States where we have African um, culture within our our cultural dialectic or our vocabulary because we just simply didn't have it. And now all of a sudden we do, and the culture these young guys are being exposed to is American gangster rap and American-perceived African culture in the West. It's not even really their own um, Sudanese culture or Ethiopian culture in a lot of cases. It seems to be yeah. they're adopting things from the negatives of Western culture on that. Yeah, and that's that's impacting the Aboriginal communities too, man. You know, and I think like... <clears throat> I would love the Australian government personally. I know that like, I know that there's people that would disagree with this and like fair, you know, like for social media, promotional marketing reasons, I, I, I respect that. Um, but I think like platforms such as like TikTok are having a net negative, a significant net negative on the societal fabric. Like when I see videos like, you know, Spanian, like I watched his like um his vlogs in Northern Territory, and it was one thing that he picked up on was like so much of the youth, so much of the Aboriginal youth, are just listening to just to like uh, African American rap music, like they're listening to New Age hip hop, like New Age rap, like the stuff that's like I'm not talking. I mean, look, there's probably a few that listen to you know like I don't know, what's his name. Um, Tupac or, you know, listening to, um, you know, Biggie or whoever, but it seems like the majority are listening to this like new age hip hop and it's like doing something. It's making them, I don't know, bro. I feel like it's that, that music that's being promoted, the lyrics that go into it is one that just like promotes this idea of like pure unadulted rebellion. Without, without hesitation. 
And you know and that, I, that you know that that music in itself was largely pushed as a CIA operation to stabilize um, the black family in the United States. Stabilize. Are you aware of that in the United to, States to to destabilize or to, to destabilize? I um, wouldn't be surprised. I didn't know that. That's fucking wild. Because you look, look, look at this. This is, this is just a, a television perspective of black families, black culture in America. Seventies, eighties. It was the strong black families, the dad, the parents. Those types of wholesome family shows were coming up. Nineties yeah. um, black music suddenly went from guys in turtlenecks looking all clean and professional, going out getting a job being upstanding citizens, straight into gangster rap. And that ultimately bred a, an entire generation of young men who were anti-establishment, you know, mm-hmm. fuck the police. These yeah. types of guys would rather go out and mess around like hood rats instead of trying to build their community up and continue mm-hmm. to build their community. There was this upwards trajectory of the African-American community that suddenly took a nosedive as soon as rap became hugely popular. Yeah, I think it's I think it's significantly... It's definitely significantly impacted the mindset, I think, in terms of like the family unit for sure. And I'm obviously only looking at this like sort of through anecdotes of what I've seen, but like I've seen enough, I've seen enough video footage. I've spoken to enough people to sort of like at least draw a conclusion that like that new age music. Oh, and on top of that, I saw a video in the last few days actually, and it was Kanye West. And he was talking about how all the music now plays at a specific frequency because it's all like digitized you know once upon a time like people were actually like playing the drums you know they were playing real instruments where everything's now like electronica it's it's fake it's it's not real guitars it's not real drums it's like you know digitized generated audio and all of this audio that's coming out on like you know new age rap music and stuff is coming at like 440 hertz and apparently 440 hertz blocks off your, it gets you addicted to your root chakra. So like your mental cognition, like just sits in your lowest chakra and the music blocks, blocks off that, that pathway that allows you to sort of like ascend up and become a better version of yourself, you know, okay. and it like locks it there. And that root chakra is associated with like the sort of perverse and, you know, someone would see it as like the seven deadly sins. You know, you, you become you become subject to the sin of lust or greed and stuff like that, you know? And it's it's weird. It's uh Well, man. you combine that that whole idea of this music's now being produced, it's almost like it's synthetic music at this point, right? Mm-hmm. It's not real, it's done through a computer, it's at that gigahertz frequency range, which is not beneficial for us. You combine that with TikTok. Yeah. And things are in short nanosecond clips. That's wiring the brain to have dopamine hits at short little bursts. Tension spans are down. It's literally dumbing down a generation. It's quite interesting because people always bang on about, oh, in China, they only show wholesome educational things on TikTok. This is a Chinese weapon. No one goes in to look to who actually owns TikTok. It's not the CCP. The majority stakeholder in that are US people. Oh, really? US government officials own the majority shares in TikTok. So it's not just a... a CCP weapon. It's a weapon that's being weaponized by our, some of our greatest allies, air quotes, and pushed out on the youth of this generation, arguably every generation for the next 10 years are going to be in and inundated with this stuff. I think all the, I think all the nations that are a part of BRICS 
I think all the nations that are a part of BRICS actually either have TikTok banned or don't allow a, a very like censored version. Media. Yeah, like they're sort of pretty restricted when it comes to the nature of like what can come in from the influence perspective of America. Like they're pretty blocked off. Like TikTok's flat banned in India, like flat out banned. Um, and so is vaping. Uh, but anyway. Hey, they got something in common with Australia now. Look at that. Yeah. Well, theirs is actually like proper banned. Like they don't even have um, that. Like, you know, you can obviously get a prescription for vapes here, which is, it's so weird. Like, bro, just fucking ban them. Like if you, if you want to restrict them, bro, just ban them. I personally couldn't give a fuck if they were banned personally. But anyway, I think they're just worse than cigarettes, but I'm biased because I'm a cigarette smoker. But they're also gayer. Like yeah, I'm going to use a '90s derogatory term for it. It's gay because it's synthetic smoking. Yeah, if you're going to harm your lungs. Do it the traditional way. Yeah, that's it. And you know, the chemical, don't do it digitally. The vegetable, like it's it's the liquid that's burnt. It's made up of vegetable glycol and something gelatin. Might be like vegetable gelatin or something. It's it's very basic, but the coils. And the um, the material that absorbs the liquid that burns, like that material is just plastic. <laughs> so when you're when you're burning it, when you're burning that coil, you're just inhaling microplastics, bro. You're just inhaling like basically micro bits of petroleum and shit, like, and it just clings to your lungs. It's like you may as well just go and like dry cut, like dry and cut, dry cut saw like concrete, like in your house without any like ventilation. You know, like just I don't know, but yeah, people are addicted to it. It's... We are going to see an asbestosis type of a lung oh, condition yeah. within the next 30 years. Easy. Oh, yeah. And people will either blame vaping or they'll blame COVID vaccinations. It'll yes. only go one of those two ways. Yeah, it can't um, be both. It can't be a combination yeah. of the two. And you know what's weird, bro? These, this COVID vaccination stuff, like, I pretty much, like, bottle it down and just, like, you know, try to avoid speaking to people about it. Like, I'm unvaccinated. But it seems like... The fruits, and I don't want to refer to it as fruits, so I say this with like a heavy heart, and I'm looking at this through purely through the lens of these pharmaceutical companies, but it seems like the fruits of their labor, like it seems like it's starting to show itself now. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing the most wildest video, bro. I saw this video of this doctor, like do a live surgery, and he's opened up the guy's neck and he opened up like his arter- his major arterial vein and within that arterial vein he pulled out this long white i guess what people call a clot but then like he pulls it out and he's very meticulous when he does it he pulls it out and it's within the actual arterial vein but it's not bloody like yeah okay it's got like veins in it and it's white and he's like pressing it and it's very it's like very, very rubbery very rubbery dude i'm like mm. So it's like the injections See? are like creating, it's almost like it's creating like a secondary, it's almost like, you know, if those RNA, you know, zombified T cells just happen to be in like, you know, your major arterial vein in your neck, it's like it's creating another one of that within inside the arterial vein like it's creating a secondary one of it and in that creation it's like blocking it off because it's not a clot 
like it's not just a bloody clot like the bloody clot like you can see when someone pulls out a clot you're like yeah okay that's a clot this is not a clot this is like a it looks like a it looks like a plastic straw that's been like melted Dude, and shoved into someone's vein i've got to tell you what rudolf steiner's take on all this is do you know rudolf steiner i do education uh very well known amongst education uh he created steiner schools he has a, a very uh, controversial approach to education, but it's it's taken up across the world. It's very big. Um, okay. He was what's considered a futurist, and he developed this approach to education, which um, in a lot of ways it works really well, and in a lot of ways it doesn't compared to the government system. So people tend to jump on board with it because it's not the mainstream. But the interesting thing is this is a dude who went heavily down the rabbit hole of ancient cultures and the Aryan people, and he said the world would end when people are injected with a type of vaccine that has octopuses in it. And early on in the whole COVID debacle, there was very close micros, uh, microscopic images of what's in the vaccine and what's looked like the lipid nanoparticles joining together and forming what looked like a multi-pronged octopus type shape. Dude, that's wild. Wild, right? But you, you're not. I don't think you're far off the point when you said it's the fruits of their labor because I think it is. It wasn't just a psychological psychological experiment to see what they could get away with on people. It was a huge medical experiment in multiple ways. I think ultimately, the people who are using this RNA technology, which or mRNA, whatever you want to call it, one of the two, it's not a new technology. It's been around since the '60s. I think ultimately, in a lot of ways, the people who created this technology are trying to avoid death. They're trying to extend their lives. Arguably, and and theoretically, you could extend one's life with a perfected RNA injection that continues to regenerate your cells. That could be done through the, the mechanism of RNA or mRNA. Mm. Now, was this just a mass test on the majority of people to see how much a human body could tolerate, if people would die from it, what effects it would have? And secondary to that, Whatever side effects do occur out of this, the drug companies are going to have the the treatments and the cures for these um, reactions to the shots. Mm. They're kind of, it is literally the fruits of their labor. They're oh, getting all this data out of it and they're potentially treating the side effects further down the line. Yeah, it's, I, I agree with you on the part about um, their pharmaceutical companies, WEF, WHO, governments, whatever, all, all participants, you know, that want to see how this behaves. If I'm to go like right out there, like what's the end result of this particular type of technology? Like, cause you obviously think like, okay, if I'm a government, one of, you know, if I, if I'm a government worker and my particular, you know, I'm the head minister for whatever it might be like military science, whatever, I'm going to ask the question, how can this be turned into a weapon and how can it be used against us? That's like, in my mind, that would be like a no-brainer question if I was working in that particular like department, whatever within the governmental structure. And if you look at how it's behaved, I think if it begins to change and adjust your genetics and you're having like real-time reactions to it, like what if you're taking that technology and like using it to create like superhumans? And I'm not yeah. saying like it's an episode of the boys where like, you know, that universal soldier, look, probably more, probably more akin to like universal soldier, like um, Captain America style, like someone like has, you know, 
denser muscle mass. They're able to run faster, hear better, see better, see better at night, stuff like that. But they're just as trying to make Spartans. To like from Correct. Halo. As opposed, yeah, I'm not saying like they're trying to make some like shoot fucking laser beams from their eyes and fly <laughs> around. I don't think that's the case. But certainly like like Spartans from Halo, that sort of thing, like more bolstered, rigid muscle density, stuff like that, which in my mind, I think like, cool, you know, like, yeah, maybe if it was actually like a fucking Halo scenario where like we're being invaded by aliens, which I think is coming up on the horizon. I think all these wildfires and stuff, I think these are going to be the scapegoats for like the Independence Day, like laser beams. I think that's what it's <laughs> going to be. I, I, I think it's going to be a blue beam scenario where they kind of fake the alien invasion to gain greater control. I'm going to blow your mind though. You know, Dr. Robert Malone? Yes. Yeah. He was arguably the man who patented the idea of mRNA technologies. He worked for the Department of Defense when developing that technology. Oh, shit. Of course he was. <laughs> so, the, and another thing for you, like you said, a weapon. It's It could be a weapon in genetically creating stronger, more agile soldiers for the battlefield, but the lipid nanoparticles themselves could be a delivery mechanism for some kind of worse disease. Oh, correct. Because it's so... It's protected. It contains. It could contain something within it, where the lipid nanoparticles, if exposed to a frequency, because we know frequencies can shift, augment, and change the shape of things. It completely breaks if, down the molecular structure. If it pulls apart the lipid nanoparticle and then releases, say, something like a virus that has a ninety-eight percent kill rate, where you bleed out all your orifices and you shit yourself to death. That's something that a lot of the conspiracy theorists were going with. It wasn't so much the mRNA issue of spike proteins. That was kind of a secondary kind of, yeah, it sucks. But I think the bigger, more dangerous Dr. Evil kind of approach to this is that you have a a virus that's already within people that's been placed in them and they use some kind of frequency to set it off to kind of stage the next air quotes pandemic. You know... I wonder, there's just, I've seen a couple of videos, I've just seen a few things recently, and these are just like real-time thoughts that I'm having on this. So there's the video that I've seen of a lady, like, grabbing a fence, her eyes are like, basically, she's like, fucking losing it, like, she's, looks like a zombie. She looks possessed. She looks possessed, that chick is just like in a green shirt, I, 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 I don't know if that's any correlation, but when it comes to the nature of, like, the frequencies and sort of, like, dissipate, you know, sort of breaking down the, the lipid nanoparticle that, like, you know, houses something else with inside of it, I wonder if the vast majority of the planet is just going to, like, cease to exist, you know, like, people that are unvaccinated, some will die just from like natural immunity, like, and whether their body can actually like, because no one's, no one's immune to COVID, whether they're vaccinated or not. So whatever this next virus is going to be, it's going to be the same. But I suspect that the people who are like, you know, two and three jabbed, maybe the third is like the primer. Maybe if you had like the first and second, there might be like a, you know, uh, sort of like survival rate it might be low but like there might be a survival rate but people it seems like you know if you've had that third shot that primer like you know you're gonna you're gonna be off and it's i saw a i saw a report late last week um and this is for australia apparently 
and this is purely based on the numbers. Remember when like the doctors were like giving injections, they had to basically take down the person's details. That all got registered in the system that was sent through to like, you know, Medicare and the medical industry and APRA and whoever, whatever bodies deal with all that information. Um, that 300,000 Australians uh, haven't even had their first vaccine. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, and there's only 300,000 people that haven't had it, Learn. What if, like, this new virus comes in and just within months, within months, or maybe even even if it's years, it's still going to be, like, dramatic shift in society, even over years. Like, even if you said five years, what, 24 million, 700, 24 million people just like that over five years, bro, forget about having a conceptual idea of having a country. Like three hundred thousand people to what manage Australia, and then there's bro, the flow on deaths from just societal collapse of those unvaccinated. Bro, the cities will well. be the cities will be abandoned. the the crema, the crematorial facilities will not be able to keep up. the The graveyards, the cemeteries won't be able. No one will be able to keep up. The hospitals won't be able to keep up. The hospitals will have a complete fucking collapse. And then you can have all this excess money in people's bank accounts. And what do you think the fucking banks are going to do? They're just going to like, just suck it all up. Like, oh, you know, because of all this, this is the what we have to do. And they're just going to like, you know, they might do something like palm off all that money to like the remaining 300,000 and we get to live in our like prosperous fucking fantasy future. You know, what fucking Schwab wants and all these cats. But like, I just don't think it's going to play out like that, mate. Like, if I- this begins it's not even just the deaths, bro. You're talking about, like, complete anarchy, mate. People are just going to go, like, what's going to stop someone from going and, like, robbing a fucking, like, jewelry store and taking all the gold, you know, and taking all the opals and the silver and everything like that? What's We don't have guns. Someone's going to go in with a fucking knife. Oh, there's no more police officers because everyone's fucking dead. Have you seen like, the Have you seen the, the take on the Deagle report? Are you familiar with Deagle at all? I'm not familiar with Deagle, no. Deagle is a... It was a contractor to the United States military in which they would future-project analytics and trends and predict things in advance. They had a prediction that the Western world would see a massive population decrease by the year 2025. Oh, Australia was supposed, is supposed to be reduced by uh, down to... I think it's either by 11 million or down to 15 million, one of the two. Can't believe I can't remember that as conspiracy theorists. Anyway, it roughly equates to the populations of each capital city in Australia just being wiped out. Which, to me, if it was going to be the whole cart, the COVID ultimate death shot, which a lot of conspiracy theorists had at the very start, we'd have to see a lot of people dr- drop off the perch within the next twelve months. Lot of lot of people. I think we are, bro. Even even like birth, mate. Like you can probably like you could probably correlate, like. Even birth rates going down, you can probably like associate that in maybe not on mass, but you could probably associate that with deaths as well. You know, you look at, you know, I, I still wrap my head around like the birth rates like completely plummeting, like they're already shit. But like seeing December 2020 and then seeing December 2021 for a six and a half million population state and only seeing 20 births for one month, like, bro, please, like we introduced the vaccine February 2021. It, pregnancy is 10 months gestation like 10 month 10 months is the total pregnancy from like moment of conception to fucking moment of birth you know and like okay the numbers have completely 
dropped off from like 4,000 or something. I don't think it was 4,000. I actually think it was even lower than that, to be honest. But it was a very low number in like, you know, the 2,500s, maybe to like 3,500, somewhere there. I'd have to go back to the ABS, the Australian Bureau of Statistics, and have a look. But even seeing that, you know, you look at birth rates are down. The the crematoriums are packed. The the coroners, another one. You know, like all these all these deaths that have been coming in, dude. Because I'm dealing with my stuff with my old man. You know, I spoke to I spoke to the detective on the case about how come. You know, this is a little while ago. This is going back like about a month ago. I asked him how come the coroners take so long. He's like, there's just so many bodies that are coming in with suspicious deaths. He couldn't give me specifics. Doesn't matter what it was, but whatever, whatever's been deemed as a suspicious death, it doesn't mean that the person had to be stabbed. Like, no, they could, just, not. they could just be found like facing flat, de- like fa- uh, facing, uh, laying down, laying face down in their backyard. You know, and they've had like, I don't know, a heart attack from one of these like crazy, like white rubbery clots in their heart or something like that. Look, don't get me wrong. There's there's clearly a, a trend and a very noticeable jump in all cause. Oh yeah, death yeah, in Australia. Yeah. For it to hit the levels that Deagle report suggests, we would have to start seeing ten thousand people dropping dead any given day within the next like huge amounts to the point where you would see major infrastructure just start to collapse within the next couple of months. Scary shit, nonetheless. Like the the all cause uh, excess deaths that are happening need to be looked at. You don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's this ultimate kill shot that a lot of us are afraid of, and a lot of the coerced people of that since Cotton Don think it could possibly be. Uh, mm. And I also have to think that now this is a wild one. This is a thought that I've had for a little while. If you, as some kind of nefarious, um, three-letter agency, really runs the world, shadow government, whatever you want to call them, fucking Satan worshippers, Fozzie. If you're one of these groups, would you inject the majority of the world's population to kill the people who follow orders? Or would you inject the people who follow orders with an immunity to something you're going to release later on to kill off the people who don't follow orders? No. Because that's not how, like, survival of the fittest works, I'm afraid. Even the even those guys at the top, even the Schwabbies and the Trudeaus of the world, like even they know that. And but they I'm, know- I'm thinking of this in the lens of they don't care about survival of this. These are transhumanists now. They Correct. don't really care about the evolutionary side of things and having the strongest, the fittest for their plebeians. I'm thinking of this in a case of, and let me just pull this thread out a little bit longer. They inject the people with the immunity to whatever they potentially want to release later on to kill all the, the pure bloods, kill the people who are against the establishment. But at the same time, they're injecting people with software updates, things that continually update the human being with operating protocols that essentially are going to create a worker class who are entirely and wholly dependent for their life, literally their life, their health, the procreation of the human race, all on the system you're going to have such a subservient class because of those factors. You tie in some artificial intelligence, you tie in some transhumanist alterations of humans to make us more cyborgy and futuristic. That's a potential I could see. It's a smaller potential than the idea of mass population control than what it 
it most likely is. But I don't think it's something you can entirely dismiss. Look, if I if I was a if I worked as like a head scientist, you know, at lab in Wuhan or wherever Ukraine, wherever it doesn't matter, and I'm being given a project. I'm, if this project is supposed to be, if this project is being provided that it has to be laid out over like, let's say the next like 10 to 20 years. If I have to create something to achieve a task, right. I'm going to run into like many problems. I can't just, there's not one, there's not one shot. There's not like a one, a one size fits all approach. I mean, the one size fit all approach is a nuclear bomb, but you know, that's a bit more, I mean, it's certainly not more, I don't know. I guess it's more extreme, at least from the perspective of doing damage to the environment. But anyway, separate, my thoughts are going on. It's not classy enough for them. It's certainly not classy enough. But what if like the virus, because it's clear now that it's been genetically modified, like without a doubt, I don't think you'll find anyone, even like the mainstream that'll disagree with that now, as opposed to when they were disagreeing with it originally. But what if you're right in the sense that like the virus can be, updated or given a certain set of or maybe it has a certain set of parameters already built in that it's able to shift and adapt based on maybe like the genetic markers of the person so for example and i'm not talking about genetic markers the individual that gives them their own unique fingerprint but as opposed to like sort of um racial genetic markers and stuff like that and or what if the virus is constantly this thing's constantly adapting and shifting and spreading and then constantly adapting and shifting and spreading because obviously we've got like long COVID now. I think I got impacted by long COVID to be completely honest with you when I got into Mumbai because I had a cough that lingered for a little while. Like I felt pretty crap. Like I'm okay now, but like at least for a month or two, dude, I felt pretty shit anyway. And I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility, let alone the realm of probability that you can create a virus but also create its evolutions as well and how its evolutions are going to come into being think about like think about like giving you know um jigglypuff a fucking moonstone (laughs) and then she she turns into like clefable like i know i know i'm using pokemon dude i fucking saw some random anyway some weird synchronistic thing happened today anyway um but that idea of like the evolution of that virus and how like certain trigger mechanisms can change it and cause it to adapt but it's adapting within the parameters that have been set by it you know these sort of you're describing immuno escape in which the vaccines trigger a evolutionary response to the real life virus but those evolutionary responses are by design yeah and red. they're done yeah and they're done by the vaccine correct so he, so here's the the double pronged issue that I find is is a bit funny for a lot of the, especially the American pure bloods that come out about this. And I'd make no, um, no illusions that I'm not vaccinated. I am vaccinated. I've had two for my job, and I hated it. I was coerced. But the idea that you know you can just get the virus and you'll be fine for the majority of people, yeah, absolutely. That that's a thing. But if it's a bioweapon and we know that the vaccine is a bioweapon as a response, they're kind of getting two birds of the one stone, aren't they? Because they've released a real bioweapon into the world population. They've gave a whole heap of people shots with super concentrated versions of it, which keep producing. But at the same time, 
multiple exposures to this wild air quotes wild variant that's being triggered to evolve down a certain path has the potential to do real harm to the unvaccinated now i know a lot of my listeners who believe that there's no viruses are going to come out and call call crap on this but i know unvaccinated people who've caught covid multiple times and they are absolutely stuffed with it whereas i've never had it that's it and i don't put it down to the vaccines at all but I've never had it. My wife has had it. I tried my ass off to get COVID off my wife so that I wouldn't have to get my second shot so I could get that waiver. So you might have gotten it, dude, and just not even shown symptoms. No, no, I've had nothing, man. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But even nothing. being around your wife, like there must be an exchange of bacteria. There has to have been. You would, you would assume so. I was kissing maybe her like was, I was a maybe, teenager. Maybe man. you're... Maybe you're... <laughs> Maybe your immune system's just like the big Maori bouncer at the club. Just like, don't even try it, mate. I did have a really, really weird theory for a while because everyone I seemed to know who wasn't catching it was a ginger. (laughs) Or or they had RH negative blood. And I thought, hmm, if it is a racially based weapon, maybe it's only targeting certain phenotypes and blood types. Because for a long time there, it was aggressively targeting... um, certain uh, Asian demographics, mm. Southeast Asian demographics. Interesting. Because obviously there's like, you know, people with, who are born with red hair have like a unique genetic feature that's like unshared with like, it doesn't matter what, doesn't matter what the admixture group is. You could have like someone that's like be- born in sub-Saharan Africa that's been born with red hair, but there's a specific genetic marker that's a. I remember reading somewhere or seeing somewhere that like those that specific genetic marker that gives like the red hair and stuff is, you know, related to these ideas of witchcraft, wizardry, like you know, sort of having um, supernatural abilities, maybe like a supernatural immune system. Dude. Yes. Well, then you look at the idea of what these PCR tests were for. What if that was from some kind of shady nefarious group to track down certain bloodlines and identify certain people within global populations. <clears throat> they're trying to find Jesus, bro. They're trying, well, to, find, well, they're trying to find the Messiah, bro. So the sacred seed. That's what they're trying to find, man. Yeah, uh, so this is where this is where you can go so far into the weeds with COVID. And I think everyone's done it to the nth degree in the past four years. If it's been thought of, it's been spoken about. Like one of the ideas above around Christians and fundamentalist Christians and born again Christians that I'm encountering is that the COVID shot was a means of destroying the God gene, disconnecting us from source. And the idea is that not only does it disconnect us from God, it also makes our bodies easier to inhabit from demonic forces. Wow. I'm just... Now, combine that, going back to that crazy lady you're talking about, (laughs) the uptick in the mentally ill just going nuts on the street. Is there a correlation? Layer in the microplastics, baby. And hemoglobin production. What if the vaccines are... What if this whole thing is also... This, like, when you talk about, like, a disconnection from God... And you go into like certain aspects of your being. So like humans are obviously like electrical beings, right? If your body is having to fight off 
incredibly powerful viruses like man-made viruses and you're producing huge amounts of hemoglobin to participate in the combating of those viruses and how your body reacts to them you know what you lose you know what you like actually lose significant amounts of and this is this is no different to any other vitamin mind you how people talk about vitamin d or vitamin k or whatever it's copper copper is actually the bane of demons the bane of demons iron iron and copper supposedly depends on the on the culture Iron was supposedly what you can bind demons with, control them with. Mm. Yet early iron, uh, early Bronze Age people believed that by mixing copper with tin to create bronze, it was a means of fending off demons. Yeah, see, it's interesting. Like the things with the things with copper. So copper, copper has like a copper like naturally has like certain latent like passive abilities. Let's say I, I don't know. Like they behave very weird with magnets, you know, like you get like a copper tube and you drop a magnet through it. The magnet slows down. It actually like completely slows down. The thicker the tube, the slower the fall. Only when it hits it. But not just that. When <clears throat> when that happens, the magnet's not actually touching or participating in the in the physical weight of the copper. But you can observe with scientific instruments that when you drop a weight a magnetic weight, a certain, like, you know, a magnetic object <clears throat> through a tube of copper, the copper actually increases its weight. It actually increases its mass, even though the magnet's not actually physically part of the copper. But the copper and the magnets, like, behave very, very strangely. I've been losing my fucking marvels over these things the last few weeks, just doing my own little shit. But, um, yeah, copper has so detoxifying effects. It's great in water. So if you need to get your copper levels up, because copper is one of the seven essential minerals that your body requires in order to function. Copper is responsible with producing producing hemoglobin. So if you're losing copper at an exponential rate because of these vaccines and you having to overproduce hemoglobin and you not taking in enough supplementation of that, I... I would say get some uh, copper in your glass water bottles and just like drink it, bro. It has like the, trust me, trust me. Like when you look into copper and how it behaves with the human body, how it behaves with magnets, it's very interesting. And how its effects are in its like detoxifying ways, um, it cleanses water as well, like in not just in obviously in that detoxifying effect, but sort of how it lately behaves. Yeah, I think everyone should just get on the copper, bro. People are going around stealing copper from construction. I was going to say, the junkies are doing it already. They know about it. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a pretty penny in Australia. It's um, it's wild how expensive copper is, dude. Like, you know, I know, you know, I know a bloke that sold like a trailer of it for like a hundred grand, bro, like under the table. You Dude, know, like... ran, random side story. I worked with a bloke at a, a timber yard back in my youth, and yeah. his side hustle was he'd get scrap cars, he'd strip them of all the parts he could possibly sell, he'd get rid of the scrap metal, but he really got it for the copper. He would go through it all, to strip the wires, yeah. and same thing, he would take in oil drums full of copper like every six months, and that's how he pays mortgage off. Dude, you see them at hard rubbish collection time around Victoria, mate. These guys go wild. They go pick up like old, you know, um, 
oh, dude, anything that's electrical, essentially, anything that's electrical is going to have copper in it, bro. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Cable, you know, old, like, power plugs, double adapters, old phone chargers. Like, it's wild, man, how much copper gets thrown out. Isn't that a wild thought, though, Fozzie, that if the world does collapse because all the vaccinated drop off the perch and there's only, say, 300,000 possible Australians left that in the future after society collapses and tries to rebuild, the future mines of the world will be old tips and you'll be digging up Furbies to strip the copper out of them? Uh, I mean... Yeah, Like the, think about it, the Dude, tip. The tip after hundreds of thousands of years would condense down, and all the precious metals and things that are in there, you'd be going straight after that because it's already processed. Oh yeah, it's just stripping it out. You don't have to go through the, the effort of digging it out of rock faces and refining it and creating it again because it's already there. It's just melting it down at that point. Dude, everyone needs to go out and get copper and build fucking Faraday cages in their houses. That's what I reckon people need to do. Or, you know, even even like getting copper bands. You know, like there's there was this like, you know, sort of like new age, like sort of, it's microcosm, but this movement of like magnetic bracelets and stuff like that. Um, they are beneficial, but I would just recommend like if anyone does want to like get copper, like to wear as like, you know, jewelry, but has like actually beneficial effects, just get copper bands, like just get like, you know, one mil copper bands, well, couple the, on the wrists. The Celts and the, the Norse used to do it. They'd wear the bands yeah, around dude. the neck and their wrists. Yeah, man. copper. Dude, I'm telling you, there's something about it and how it behaves with the human body. Like we, even though we're biological creatures, like for sure, we're also electrical creatures and we can't forget that. I think a lot of people forget that as well. You know, like one thing that was popped into my head yesterday, just by happenstance so randomly, was like everyone's disconnected from the earth because everyone's walking around with what rubber rubber soles on their feet. What does rubber do? Rubber's an Insulates. insulator. You know, like Dude, people that have gone for walks in parks and stuff, bro, and just taken their shoes. And grounding, my friend, grounding. It does have a benefit, bro. Like you genuinely feel it, man. Like you, I feel like you feel it at a much more um, expressive. Uh, how would I describe it? I feel like if someone hasn't experienced that and they want to experience it, like a forest like a national forest or something like that is probably like the be- the best. I feel like where there's a density of trees, like you're going to feel it more so as opposed to like your backyard. Um, but yeah, dude, like, you know, we can't, we can't forget this, this, there's so, there's so much interesting and unexplored thought when it comes to the nature of how humans behave within like an environment that we can't see, you know, like, <laughs> Even the majority of accepted scientific fact is still a theory. Oh yeah, dude. it's the it's the current best theory we have, and until something better comes along, it remains the staple of what science is. But it's a theory. Like the things that you can get into, it gets wild. You can almost go down the route of the whole Pandora Navi interconnected with all living things in the mm-hmm. on the planet type of deal when you get into grounding, because everything's in that has that electrical field and frequency which you can connect to. Dude, I've been playing around with these little babies the last like week. These little magnets. 
I'm glad that you specified it was magnets because that could have been totally up to interpretation for the listeners. Oh, it certainly <laughs> is a ring. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> is a ring. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, I was on the phone to the missus last night. We were just having a conversation. And I just had this like thought that came to my head, like how people react to like what magnets are. They're like, oh, it's just a magnetic material. I'm like, okay, well, how does that magnetic effect happen? And I thought to myself like, and this has just been like a culmination of thoughts, you know, sort of from my travels in India and up to now and just things I've put down on paper and whatnot. And I, and I wonder if like magnetic material actually pulls in the sort of like latent energies that are around and allows them to be utilized by us. So like, you know, there's a piece of steel that, by itself, it's nothing. But like when there's a magnetic material that's there, yeah, it's pulled into that like magnetic effect. But what if that magnetic effect is actually drawing upon the energy that just is around us and actually like pulls it in? So like ferrite just sort of harnesses those latent energies that are sort of like surrounding us, that atmospheric current that we're just like constantly walking around within but there's only certain minerals that allow you to sort of like utilize that energy. You know, like, I think that's why Tesla was like, I was going to say Tesla, the man. I think that's why he was so obsessed with magnets. I think he saw like this endless possibility. You know, I've got thoughts on like the sort of like sacred geometry of things and how those can be like sort of used and harnessed for channeling that. But could you imagine how different society would look now if we didn't go the way of Edison and Tesla one out on that? Because all you would have is these giant erected towers randomly, somewhat not unlike how 5G towers everywhere, but pulling electricity from the atmosphere and harnessing yeah. it instead of this system we've got now where we create energy through explosions and burning and then pushing it through concealed cables underground and across power lines. It's like we've tried to dominate energy instead of just use it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, Fuck yeah, dude. Absolutely. That's just the way it goes. Hey, capitalism, baby. Money, money. Money talks. And I get that. I I totally get it. But like, it also baffles me when you've just got like the ability to have unlimited energy for your population, but you completely, you completely like, what's the term? Um, Tunnel vision. You completely tunnel vision your like your your focus onto these like microcosm ideas of what it means to like utilize energy or create energy. You know, obviously there's this big debate in Australia right now, like in some way, shape, or form, maybe not like as much as I wish it was, but about like, you know, nuclear energy. Like, of course, bro, it's stupid not to use nuclear energy. From a topographical perspective, from an ecological perspective, it's stupid not to. You can use anyone that comes along and just goes like, oh, you know, you're going to have all this like, you know, uranium leftovers that are going to- We'll have a Fukushima on our hands. Yeah. Then you got that. I'm like, bro, show me, show me tsunamis. Like, what are you, what are we going to do? We're going to put like a, we're going to put a nuclear power plant like on the coast of like far North Queensland. Like, I don't think that's going (laughs) to happen. You know, we're not going to have those sort of like, we're not going to have those issues. But anyway, my point being is that we've got, all this abundance of energy to use, whether it is latent in the atmosphere, it is there. It's atmospheric currents, atmospheric electricity. We walk through it all the time. It's there. But we 
and I say we because I, I think this is more of a societal problem birthed from a problem from government, but nonetheless still a societal problem as well, where we like really narrow our understanding because this idea that humans shouldn't have energy or have the availability of unlimited energy that you can then be the best version of yourself. Like if you can't, if you cannot accept that as like a fundamental principle for humanity, in my personal view, like you shouldn't be in a position to like navigate the waters of supplying energy to your country. Like this Chris Bowen cat is a fucking donkey. Let's let's go down this this train of thought because I like how we've kind of transitioned into this idea about Australia's energy infrastructure and securities and where we're going to. Outside of nuclear, Australia is so rich in liquid natural gas. Oh yeah, we are now the world's largest exporter of liquid natural gas. We beat Qatar. Qatar makes seventy six billion dollars in profit off the taxes of that shit every year. Australia makes two billion dollars in taxes. Look at the average life of someone living in Qatar. No income tax, no housing tax, no land tax, no taxes, period. Free education, free medical. We seem to still be paying out the ass for those things. All because $2 billion comes back in taxation from that. Yeah, it's it's wild to me, man. Like, it's, you know, like... I don't know. I've bro, I've wrestled with thoughts about like getting into like getting into the political circuit and stuff and just like having debates with some of these cats and just trumping them on like basic fucking logic and morals. But like I think about I, I think about how they sort of like interpret how society should function. And it just doesn't seem like a lot of politicians really have a good moral compass. Like I think once you get the limelight in your face, you know, that like 15 minutes of fame, like in this case, like, you know, ABC or SBS or channel 10, channel nine, channel seven, whatever, doesn't matter where you're from insert XYZ mainstream media. But I feel like when that grips a politician and it's not, it's not like a bright and fluorescent sort of, position to be employed within it's not like you're working as like an actor or you're working as like you know something that people like scream and go see you know concerts and this and that it's not like a taylor swift situation but when you get the limelight on you i suspect these politicians like get addicted to that it's a drug oh yeah and there's facilities involved to facilitate that to facilitate that so like the the um the ah oh crap, what's it called? It's on the tip of my tongue now. It's where they all go and they do their little speeches and um press club, the national press club. Like the national press club is like the way in to become like Australia's next top model politician edition. You know what I also think it is though. I think that a lot of the time they're the NPCs. Oh, there's a few of them, yeah. Oh, sh- because because half the time you look at like the whole idea of politics and why I've so I'm so turned off the idea of team politics in general anymore is that you get the choice the choices between John Thompson and Tom Johnson. Yeah, they're essentially the same person. They've got the same policies. They've got the same outlooks. 
end of the day, they're not here to help us. And you see that through what you've perfectly articulated, the complete lack of basic logic and morals. Yeah, absolutely. It's very frustrating, man. And I just think that people have just been baited by it, bro. People have been baited by it hard, man. Like, left, right, doesn't matter. Like, everyone's turning on one another. Like, they're picking sides. Like, what, we're going to have some fucking civil war? Like, please. Like, most of these cats that are on, like, social media, like, you know, they'll talk like a big game. But I know that, like, when push comes to shove, like, not a lot's going to happen. It's, like, going to be slaps. It's going to be, like, a screaming match. Like, one's going to spit on the other. Like, it's not It's not going to turn out to be some, like, American Civil War situation, yeah, which they I feel think like it's going to be the, on. They think it's going to be, like, the attack at Gettysburg, but it's probably going to be closer to, like, um, some kind of dance fighting. Oh, yeah. It'll be a dance-off. For sure, it'll be a dance-off. And everyone will just be shuffling because that just seems to be, like, the Australian <laughs> dance manoeuvre. And I'll be like, oh, well. Oh, it's- so the, inf- the infrastructure issues we've got in our country, particularly this state, has come up recently in the past week. Mm. Very, very questionable storm front that came through. Majority of Victoria was covered. Some of our pylons, which have been very, very controversial in regional Victoria. Farmers don't want them. They're an eyesore. There's a low hum which comes from them, which makes people sick, a lot of farmers talk of. They constantly need maintained... You can't put cattle near them. All these types of issues that just seem to be in the way of progress. But they're here, they're everywhere. They carry they carry the electrical grid with them. So much to the point when two get knocked down completely by wind and two get partially knocked down, essentially the nearly the entire grid of the state went off on went offline because of a backup and surge power. They look like um, they almost look like they've been like partially melted and then like some big hand had like ripped it and bent it. So yes, like a heat gun has been put on one section. It's been bent over. Like you would yeah, bend a spoon. Yeah. It looked very weird. Even like, I remember my mum. my mum, you know, she watches mainstream media and not as much anymore, but like, you know, she, she showed me like the photos and I'd already seen them. I'm like, it just looks a bit weird. Like, how do you think like wind does that to steel? Like, it's just, like how oh, fast does dude, the wind have to I got be the boomer like, yeah, I got the yeah. boomer response from my father when I had the exact same conversation. It's oh. cheap Chinese steel, that's why. Oh my god. I'm like, come on. You, there's literally four of them which are damaged, two are knocked over, two are partially knocked over from the middle somehow, and then the other six surrounding them on either ends are completely unscathed. They're not touched at all. Is that not a little bit weird? Just the slightest bit? I think it's all going to be, I think the, I think the WHO and the WEF and all these cats, it'll probably be the WEF. I think they'll come out like in six months time and say all these events that have been happening, these like random crazy weather events is actually a result of like alien invasion. I think that's what they'll go with. Like, and they're like purposefully damaging the infrastructure in order to like get into like, get into here, get into there. Like, they'll full layer it out and explain it perfectly, and most people will fucking believe it. Because if you're going to promote alien invasion, you got to really fucking sell that. Like, if you're to really get your one world government, right, where you unify an entire species, because that's, I assume, in my mind, like, if aliens did invade, 
our conceptual ideas of race and borders and stuff, I think it begins to eviscerate itself very well, quickly. That's what Ronald Reagan put to the UN, did he not? How yeah, quickly correct. our differences would disappear if we were invaded by a life form outside our Earth. Something that's as much something as much of a threat to us as we are to ourselves. Like once it gets to that point, yeah, I think you know, really opens up that Pandora's box, and I reckon they're gonna do it. I reckon they're gonna like play alien invasion. And all these, like, videos you've been seeing. Like, the event in Chile, bro. Dude, I saw a video on Twitter. Now, to be honest, because of all this AI shit, I don't know what's real and I don't know what's fake. But I know that the older camera footage, you know, you, you'll see people go, like, oh, you know, how do people have, like, cameras that bad? Bro, when I was in India, everyone's got smartphones, right? Everyone's got Android phones. But the cameras in the Android phones are, like, 10 years behind like any iPhone like 14 or anything dude, like that. Dude, I'm like running an iPhone behind. 7. My video looks garbage. And that yeah, was dude. amazing video back in the day. Correct. And like some of the footage, man, is like a bit off. But I saw this one where there's a lady up in the mountains of Chile walking over a hill to where this whole area got like completely destroyed, this entire town. And there's a massive green beam that's coming out from a storm cloud, like a massive supercell cloud. That's that huge. is not the first time these green beams have been seen around these suspected oh, well, directed energy weapons either, my dude. I wouldn't be surprised because, bro, like you think about how like thunder cloud, like thunder clouds, like form like supercells and stuff. Like they all both behave like in a very magnetic way. Like we're all like once it begins, right? This massive, enormous, and immensely quick i don't even know how to describe a word that's like super fast i guess that's it where you've got this huge exchange of temperature gradient from like cold to hot or hot to cold so quickly that a supercell forms and when it does it has this strange like paramagnetic effect that pulls in all the other clouds that are around it they begin to drift and it becomes enormous and in this video, I see this enormous supercell cloud and this green beam that's jotting all the way down to this town. And then it pans out. The camera cuts off and then comes back on. And she's like slightly more down the hill. And like the whole city's on fucking fire. And I'm like, bro, they're going to play this off like full on alien invasion. Like I'm telling you. Yeah, this and is. Everyone's going to get baited by it. This Everyone's has been in the works for a little while. It's the premise of Project Blue Beam in which a staged alien invasion would usher in a new world order. And somehow we'd band together as a human race, aka Independence Day, and fend off the aliens and save ourselves. Through the use of advanced technology, the civilian uh, market industries haven't had access to or civilians haven't seen. Combine that with holographic technologies, which supposedly are in the works, advanced weapons. It's very feasible theory that could happen. But the scary thing, and, and it links back to what you're saying, is that you can see the legwork starting to be done on the mainstream now. For sure. Not only are, are sci-fi films big and, and back again, which they haven't been since like the early 90s, they're back in a big way. We see mainstream entertainers talking about it. You've got Tucker Carlson talking about UFO disclosure and aliens. But the thing that concerns me more is... I think an alien invasion would be one way to solidify and control the world through a government, but they're trying to combine it with the spiritual elements of this. They're trying to say that aliens are demons. 
And Tucker Carlson's going, oh, there's definitely something visiting Earth. It's not from here. I don't think it's alien. I think it's demonic. And these demonic entities, they have technology we've confused with aliens, which I think that the, the if you go down to... I believe that. I, 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 I do. I believe in the demonic entities as well. And I think that there's... The fallen angels had technology which they passed on to man and then they're so far advanced of us through their knowledge that that's a possibility. But I feel like they're weaponizing it. They're weaponizing the spiritual side of things, not only so they can conquer majority of mankind, they can conquer the spiritual war for their own purposes. And I think yeah, when we look at this... they did on South Park, bro. They'll try to unify Islam, Christianity, and Judaism into one, like, like twisted thing of itself. Dude, yeah. do you know what Raelian- mean- Raelianism is? Raelianism. Raelianism. R-A-E-L-I-S-M. It is literally the Star of David with a um, Harkin cross in the middle of it or a swastika. And that's the symbol for the alien religion. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, dude, this is wild. It's actually a pretty funky symbol. I'll be completely honest with you. I'm actually kind of digging the symbol. But, like, (laughs) dude, this is wild. But it even goes down the idea that... um, and there's as a few prominent people within the conspiracy theory community that I butt heads with a little bit, which I don't disagree on all the things they say, but they twist it in such a way that we have some kind of uh, relation. Our relationship with God was actually aliens, and they're not really. It wasn't really God. It wasn't Jesus. It was just this whole alien outside entity larping as a god to control us. That's what alienism kind of comes back to. Oh well, that's not really all that different from like you know the. Sumerian like mythology, the origins, well, yeah, Enki like, and Enki do, yeah, Enlil, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, it's taking that idea and it's going to a point where the elites of the world, they're like the next tier down. They're like the human servant class that have been given privileges, and they're trying to get everything ready. So to go along with your theory, they're deliberately attacking the infrastructure, destroying the energy grid, destroying farming, to bring us into a state where we can be easily attacked for their benefit. Dude, this is wild. It, a, <clears throat> it talks about the Elohim, and it goes, Raelism yeah. teaches that there exists an extraterrestrial species known as the Elohim. Rael said that the word Elohim, which is used for God in the Old Testament, is actually a plural term, which translates as those who came from the sky. Which it does. Elohim does mean multiple gods. But this is the issue that I, I come into when it comes to theological and scriptural uh translations especially from aramaic to greek and then to latin is that alohim does mean plural but the issue with the old testament is it's been put through the monotheistic lens of yahweh as a singular god whereas Mm -hmm. yahwism prior to that was a pantheon of gods that's why it still uses the plural term alohim because all the gods were referred to as alohim yeah dude it's uh like look maybe like maybe there are like maybe there are like lizard people Maybe there are reptilians. Maybe there are like people living in the earth. I I have no idea, but whatever the case may be, I can just see that the the sort of narrative that is being pushed is ultimately going to lead to that. And if it is the case that there is aliens and the government is like the governments and like the WEF are like doing this as like some way to like get us into some fucking intergalactic war or you know, inter interspecies war, that's what it would be, obviously, <clears throat> is like a mo- is a mind fuck to me. 
because like and maybe it's just maybe i'm biased because like you know i grew up on star trek and like this and that like you know you sort of adopt those good characteristics like but you know even that though that's priming you all the science fiction of the 90s and the 2000s was priming us for the idea of alien life is real doesn't matter whether it's presented as good or bad it gives us the concept that it's a possibility it has to be humanoid bro though because if you get something like um does it have to be though what uh, happens if the movie have you seen the movie the arrival yes bro you kidding me people would lose their minds they would like Dude, people be praying in the streets for like God to help them because they'd see something that looks like that, like in the arrival, they'd die or in Alien for that matter. Like if you say get something like that, if you got like a humanoid, like something from like Star Trek that like spoke English, you know, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, we can at least communicate. Like I, you know, I'm a little bit, you know, you're a bit odd. You're not from here, but I can at least, you know, have a chat with you and get to know you. This thing, this bipedal thing from Arrival or an alien, no, forget about it, bro. People are going to be like thinking. Of course they would. This is the the thing, though. If alien life does exist, we're still stuck on the human idea that it's going to be um, carbon-based. It could be silicon-based. It could be from an atmosphere that's toxic to us. We don't know that. It could be any kind of form that we can possibly imagine in our wildest imaginations. I don't put anything beyond some kind of super intelligent gas that can communicate telepathically. Like the the ideas that are presented in science fiction are there for a reason, but I think what they would try and sell us is a, if it was that kind of faked alien invasion of blue beam, they would present us with either lab grown, um, AI generated or, very good um, Hollywood effects of something that's very reminiscent of us. Yeah, for sure. Enough that we can see the commonalities, but the commonalities that scare us. Human that Humanity, the way we treat ourselves, is fucking horrific. And okay. if we saw our own commonality and something attacking us, we'd be more scared of it than I think we would of something that's completely alien. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be interesting if this does play out how I think it will. I'm really interested to see humanity's overall reaction from like the Western lens, actually from any lens, it will be interesting to see people's approach. I feel like, I feel like the Indians will really get it and they'll be like, let's be best mates. Cause like the pantheon of gods is like already like there, you know, this sort of like idea of like, cause you know, you've got like Vaharas and stuff, you know, these like gods that have like, you know, like the heads of animals, you know, like a head of a pig or a head of like a fox or whatever. Blue skin people with six arms, kind of wild stuff. Think Avatar, like that's all normal, but like, you know, you think about like, um, what's like a real staunch, like stand up sort of nation that doesn't really deviate. Like, let's say Poland, they'll lose it. They'll like place like Poland, bro, they'll lose it. Yeah, man. Because they're so, they're so based. Well, this is the thing, and this is a, an aspect of Project Bluebeam <laughs> that's going to blow your mind, right? You have the alien invasion. Humanity's getting their asses kicked, just really handed to them. Their cities being fucking obliterated on national television. People are exiting the cities in masses. People are killing each other in the streets for toilet paper and, and a can of food. All at that time, each individual deity from all the major religions on Earth form in the sky above for you. They all form into one single unity, one single God, one single source. And that God 
dis- dispels the aliens, wipes them off the face of the earth. It's then you have be- a one world religion running a one world government. It's all done with drones. It's just exactly. a bunch of drones. It's Spider Man like- Homecoming. It's literally it that. Is, it is. It actually is. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. They will. I've seen some. I've seen some of the drones like. Um, really do some interesting like night sky you know sort of entertainment for like the masses and seeing like you know if you added more drones and because the drones are getting smaller and smaller and smaller so you can have more and more and more so like yeah you can like and if you project into water vapor oh yeah it's looks more like the michael jackson dancing on stage just send imagine the, that send in the, the sky planes, bro just exactly. get them just get the planes to just come and drop the salt and the uh, silver oxide bro make some clouds you know just like just pull on a full display for the masses and really sell it and people will completely oh, believe it. They'll it, swallow it up, bro. That's the one that's the way to get the one world government approach. But I've heard a very um scary one as a Christian to listen to is that the same scenario, but a beautiful deity kind of appears in the sky and he's golden haired and he's beautiful and he's got the white robe and all the very European modern takes on what God would look like. It's Thor. Comes down, yeah, it's Thor, right? Comes down, defeats the aliens, and it ends up being Lucifer. And we all love him because he saved the day and he's beautiful. The morning star. It is. that He comes down bright as light, saves the day. We all love him. He's a good bloke. And then it's Satan. And his head's, his head's actually like Jupiter. It was a Jupiter. Is that what Lucifer translates to? Yes. The morning morning star or the morning... Yeah, the morning star and that represented jupiter was it i believe so like the phoenicians it's just satan he's just got a big he's got a goat legs but he's got a big fucking jupiter head <laughs> i don't know what's gonna happen bro but i think humanity's really going to uh oh and you know what if they do do that and it falls in with the same line where you're also like massive amounts of people are just all of a sudden dying off. That's the rapture. Of... If people just, if the majority Vaccines. of the world's population drop dead and they, the, their souls have ascended, that's the rapture. Everyone that's left on earth is a part of the new kingdom air quotes. So what if that is, what if that's just all people that have just been like triple and four jabbed? Exactly. Everyone's all the, everyone's had their, their primers. Yeah, and just huge amounts of people die off. Then there's an electromagnetic trigger to drop everyone at once. Oh no! And all this is going on that scares the shit out of people who are watching the alien invasion, watching majority of people around them drop dead at once. Entities arrive. Get the copper out, boys! Start building Faraday cages. Faraday cages. Just get it around your wrists. Put it all over you, mate. Put it around your neck. Just build copper helmets, bro. Just embrace embrace the tinfoil hat embrace the copper the copper hat bro the the more i unpack this have you seen the movie 2012 uh and once woody harrison plays yeah. this the the conspiracy theorist tinfoil hat guy that lives on top of a mountain with a little tiny camper van and projects his podcast out to the world that's right yeah i more and more identify with this guy when i find out the, what the parasite class are kind of planning behind the scenes and how they all coalesce into this grand plan because when it ha- eventually goes down, I have a feeling I'll be old enough to see it, but not young enough to do anything about it. And I'll just have to sit back and laugh and watch it play out. Yeah. Like, be the, I told you so, yeah. and you didn't listen. 
will be the last generation <clears throat> will be the last generation that makes like a fundamental shift in politics as well. I think that's where our generation will sort of be. And I'm not talking about right now, but you know, in sort of like 25 years time, I would say like we'll see a begin to see sort of like a massive shift. But yeah, we're definitely not going to be you know fighters on the front lines shooting back the greys because the greys are all coming in. We completely skipped an entire segment of that plan, which I think would decimate the psyche of the majority of people. Imagine if phones just went off. Like, the whole idea of social media, telecommunications went down. Like, you saw enough on live television to see the invasion, you see the ships in the sky, but your phones are gone. Have you seen a kid without an iPad for 20 minutes, how anxious and anxiety-ridden they are? Imagine an entire generation who don't have their instant dopamine hits compiled with huge amounts of fear and psycho warfare going on. They're just going to cry. They're just going to be crying. They're not going to be able to do anything, bro. They're going to have so much anxiety. They're going to like, they're going to be the ones that are going to be like running into. Do they cry or do they start breaking each other's heads open to try and eat the gooey gooey insides? I think that comes like at like day seven, like by day (laughs) seven, that begins. Hour seven with these kids. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) that's ah, dude and i wonder you know like but it could also take like the it could also take the form of you know it could also take the form of um it could take the form of the walking dead but i think it would take probably more of a form of the last of us that's another primer which has been happening a bit the whole zombie thing yeah there's been dod plans for how it would handle a zombie outbreak Yep. You combine that with, have you seen this wasting disease that's in deer in America now? I Zombie disease? No. They start to, they lose all neurological function. They stagger around and they start to like rot. So it looks like festerings all over their body. There's been the first recorded case of it transferring to humans in the United States now. Oh, no. Combine that with what's potentially in the jibby jab through these nan- lipid nanoparticles. The zombie apocalypse is a potential potential thing too. Well, look, if they're like, if, if, if the zombies behave like the walking dead, I don't think I'm going to have that much of an issue. I think just the main issue is just going to be like the interaction with other people on the road. I think that's like the hotline because, you know, you truly don't know if someone's like just a chill person, like, like I'd just be myself. I'd just be chill. Like, yo, what's up? I don't have any guns. I'm just trying to survive just on my road, but then I'll probably get shot. I don't have any guns because the Australian government fucked me. Can you imagine but, living through the end of the world scenario like that? Like you, you, you're you're an unjabbed person yourself. You're going to we'll survive because, but we'll you you, you can survive the the collapse, the worst things, and then you cut your foot and you fucking die of some kind of infection. Oh yeah, that would suck. Or but tripping I, and hitting your head within the first it, couple of hours. Oh dude. <laughs> Like, oh, I had these wild dreams to have, like, a sword fight, you know, and just, like... Trip win. and fall on your own sword. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it would just be... It would be so chaotic. But it'd be interesting to see, like, how um how nature, like, takes a hold of all the artificial... And just like grows over it, you know. What's that movie with um Will Smith? Um, oh crap! What's it called? I am Legend. I am Legend. 
and you know how you'll see that scene where like the grass is just completely the grass and the trees have completely nature takes it back nature just takes it back it'd be interesting to see like an environment like that but i don't want it not in this lifetime like let me come back let me come back in like you know like a thousand years when all this has like begun to just like you know re when civilizations begun to sort of come back together as opposed to that, uh, I don't want to deal with that, bro. I don't we think anyone talk, wants to deal with that. We could talk about the possibilities of how the world's going to end. We could go down the route of why these elites are building bunkers and whatnot. But I'm still curious. You sent me a message the other day on Twitter that you you come across uh-huh. something you had to wait until this show to talk about. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. So what, What's going on? Because now, now I need to know. I suspect, and this suspicion purely comes from anecdote of not even anecdote this is just first-hand experience but i guess it is an anecdote so i was on a space and when i went into the space i was getting a very artificial vibe from the speakers and not all but most and i had witnessed something happen where someone had said something it doesn't matter what was said but this that phrase that was said was instantly recorded and played back in real time. And then it was being chopped and certain sections were being played back in like real time. And then like the host like muted the space and then talked about, Oh, there's been some errors and just some weird things. And I started to have a little bit of a look into like, you know, the use of data on Twitter and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, like, oh, man, you know, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Its share price or its valuation completely tanked because there was so much data that was, like, taken out of the company and went off with the people that left Twitter, like, let's say, like, Jack Dorsey, for example, right? And if if I'm to fill that quota back up, what can I fill it with? with what I'm really pushing at the moment, things like Grok, things like AI. What if tons of these people that are floating around on Twitter spaces now and in the past, but probably more prevalent now are actually just recordings of people's voices all throughout hundreds or thousands of hours of spending time on Twitter spaces. And then these accounts are getting made And these AIs are having complete conversations with people and they're doing these weird things and like propagating narratives and this and that. And I truly experienced something of that nature, dude, in this Twitter space. It was very, it was very surreal. And I thought to myself, like, what if that's what Twitter's doing? What if that's the method that Twitter's using to bolster up its numbers is it's participating in the creation or the utilization of a massive amount of bots that are at least semi-functional AI to the degree that they can have a conversation about the dialectics of political talking points, right? Not getting into the nature of reality or getting into human emotion, but sticking to like, very rudimentary, broaded political talking points to like promote narratives. And I experienced something like this, bro, where like this person just completely like glitched, 
completely glitched on this Twitter space. And it was, I don't even know how to explain it, but I experienced this and then I just ended up going down a rabbit hole with it. Yeah. You know, and I've obviously spoken about like, you know, on Twitter spaces about how I think like, the, you know, there's people out here that are actors and stuff like that. Cause I get those vibes, but what if those vibes are not entirely off, but what if they're just like a bunch of fucking AIs, bro, that are just like, you know. So was there any given tell that made you think that it wasn't an actual person? Yeah. Their voice glitched out. And then they ended up like repeating what someone else had said. Like it recorded it and played it back in like real time. And it was very strange. And then the voice glitched out and then the space got muted. I've I've had a concern about this for a little while now as well. And it's purely based on the way I know AI has gotten to the point now where it can follow cadence, rhythm, pitch, tone. If it has enough data, enough recordings of anyone's voice, if it's a sufficiently good AI... You can be tricked by it. So much so that people are getting uh, conned and grifted on their phones or emails. They're getting a phone call. It's me, your daughter. I'm being held hostage. I've got a gun to my head. You have to transfer $10,000. People are doing that because it's their daughter's voice. Because their daughter's on social media. Their daughter's on TikTok, whatever. Then There's enough of their digital presence for to formulate an AI response to that. There's a podcast I listen to, which is quite good, an American show called Our Big Dumb Mouth, OBDM. One of their hosts... He snips constant MP3s or constant audio of one of the other co-hosts, Joe, and he's got it to the point where the AI is indistinguishable from the actual host. There might be certain odd words or inflections that are off every now and again, but the Mm. phrases and the sentences and things it's getting this AI to say, it sounds like the actual person. So if, if if that stuff is already built, the idea it can copy a single person's voice given enough data, enough input... The only part missing is the interaction side of things for the AI. Does it have the speed and the capacity to engage in conversations and respond accordingly? I I don't disagree with that, and I want to add to it. It can even placate to the idea where someone's voice, if it is a real person, their voice comes out entirely different to what they're, like, speaking. So, like, the audio is getting adjusted in real time to sound like someone else and i haven't anecdotal i i did get sent the recording the recording has been deleted since this is a while ago i didn't know who this person was apparently they're very popular now and recently they had a fucking conversation with elon musk the guy's name is adrian Dittman. do you have the recording still i don't have the recording yeah. it was on twitter i got it sent to me by someone who was part of this on Twitter space, on Twitter when All this right. had happened. This is a while ago, bro. This is like six months ago, maybe even longer, maybe even like eight months ago now. Um, and in this recording, Adrian Dittman was speaking and someone had said a particular phrase. I couldn't even remember. It was, it was like the onions are blue, the clouds and the clouds are orange. Like I said, a particular phrase and Adrian Dittman's voice completely changed. Like it went to some like random American guy, like just very, just very standard. And I didn't think anything about it at the time. I mean, like I assumed like, yeah, okay, there's people that are changing their voices, whatnot. But like, as my thoughts have sort of progressed in these matters and seen how popular people have got like this Adrian Dittman, I don't know who he is, but that's not his voice. He's actually using some sort of AI technology that is, 
taking what he's saying in real time mixed with the data that he already has the spool of data of maybe like let's say he's got like a hundred thousand hours of elon musk speaking and then that voice is like being overlaid in some way shape or form on top of his voice in real time through the use of like agi and stuff like that it's not out of the realm of possibility or probability it's actually you could say it's plausible confirmed that these things have happened i assume these things have happened or are currently happening in some commercial way at least from like a hollywood perspective i wouldn't be surprised so like why is it out of the realm of possibility that people on twitter are doing this as well you know, but it concerns me because you're really like when people become dependent on the digital social fabric as opposed to the real social fabric, and that social fa- that digital social fabric is really warping people's perceptual ideas of reality. That corrodes reality at an exponential rate, in my personal opinion. I think that's what it does. Like even my thoughts on Elon Musk, dude, have like changed in, in recent years. Like I, I used to hold him in very high regard. I don't really hold him in high regard anymore. Like I appreciate what he's done, but I always, I often wonder to myself, like, is he doing this for the betterment of humankind or is he doing this to expedite like the color yoga? Is he doing this to expedite like the end days, you know, like, is he participating in that? And he knows his part because he's not a dumb guy. No, I've always been very sus on him because at one point he was the left's lovable guy. They loved yeah. him. He was all about saving the planet and he was doing all these things that were very noble. Then as soon as his politics kind of flipped to what conservatism, he's the bad guy. And then the conservatives jumped on board like Elon's the best. He's a free speech guy, blah, blah. It never sat really sat well with me in any way. And the more you see him, he's very much a futurist. He's very much a, a a eugenicist in a lot of ways. And he's this idea of he wants to make the blending of man and machine very fine. He goes on Rogan and says, we're already androids because we have a mobile phone. It's just not internalized yet. By the way, have I told you about Neuralink? You know... <laughs> You know, there's all these been these political debates in South in South Africa recently about like the introduction of like uh, an American style democracy into South Africa, and I wonder if that comes in. What if Elon like applies as like a presidential candidate or prime minister candidate or however it ends if up that happens this. and he becomes a popularist who ends up winning the presidency of south africa you just know for sure he's going to turn south africa into a chappy future you seen chappy with the robots yeah oh yeah it'll oh that's for what sure, it will bro. be it will oh, be chappy for sure for sure dude just have a bunch of tens because it'll be like oh, cyber you know, trucks like, driving around and robots jumping out and beating bro, ass. Hundred percent because it's like oh, we need to we need to restabilize like the shift in demographic right now because of the transition of governmental structures and we've got all these Tesla bots running around pinning people up against the walls like arresting them, getting out of their cyber trucks. They're holding big guns like Elon's wearing black. He's got his like fucking cyber truck boots on. Everyone needs a Neuralink for trackability and yeah, security yeah. measures. His harem of demon empresses. My God, it's happening. It's happening in real time, bro. It's like, it's right there. It's like, you can taste it. You're like, why are you doing this? Why is it going? In the... It just feels like it's going in that direction. It might not be. 
Do I liken it too? It's like we're living in a dystopian novel and we're in the longest first chapter ever written. Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. But maybe that's what it is, bro. Maybe our real lives don't begin until the society collapses. And then I've got to get in my that's car. When I, and I that's gotta, like, when drive. I have my character arc. I I'm love gonna, it. <laughs> i got to get in my car and i got to drive all the way down to fucking Gippsland and be like, bro, I need help. I'm a dummy. I'll, I can till the land. I could put up like hydroelectric systems. Quick, we need to do something. Like, the... Fuzzy, put the sword down. You don't want to trip on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to trip on it. Exactly. Just go. Just tell me. Go and collect as much toilet paper from Woolworths as you can. <laughs> Fuck, man. People just lose their mind when like society has some weird breakdown and some like panic mode. You know, like COVID and the toilet paper. Like, what a weird combination. People aren't shitting themselves to death. Yeah, I know, but people didn't even go for drugs. People didn't go for, oh, I'm getting the Panadol, I'm getting the aspirin, I'm doing something that's at least at a, a numbskulls level of medicine. Yeah. This this could help. They didn't yeah. do that. They went for freaking toilet paper. Oh, shit, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's so weird because you want it. You need it. No one wants to be wiping their ass with leaves. It's uncomfortable, let alone their hands. Everyone wants that three-ply, you know, Dude, can you remember, imagine just the prepper that has like an entire warehouse full of toilet paper thinking he's the king and then the prepper down the road has got a bidet. He's like, I don't even need toilet paper. Yeah, well, that's it. But then that guy that's got all the toilet paper, bro, he was, he's going to make a market off of it, man. He he's going to start trading toilet paper, bro, for little bits of jewelry, watches, whatever he can get his hands on. Get okay, as many here's a question for you then. Collapse happens. Doesn't matter what collapse it is. Yeah, yeah. Just generalized collapse. Love it. You have the ability to get into a Coles or Woolworths, an IGA, whatever it is. Yeah. You have three minutes to flash mob, smash and grab and get out, and no one's going to stop you. What would you get? Fuck. <clears throat> Can I say all the Hagen Dazs ice cream before it melts? <laughs> well, you got to savor it, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably take all the batteries. I would take, yeah, I'd probably grab all the batteries and toilet paper. That would probably be, that probably be it. Like, I don't really need a concern with like water. Like, I know how to find water. I mean, me personally, I know how to find water. Like, but I've got enough water supply to like at least get me going and then get out to where I want to go and then can get water and don't have to worry. Like, I don't need to worry about that. But I think. Toilet paper and toilet paper and batteries from a Woolworths. Maybe grab some fruit. Maybe grab like maybe grab a tub of Hagen Dazs. You know. A trolley's worth of Hagen Dazs. Yeah, you know, like is it just me or is it like is there a few? Is it like 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 direct flame? If it's just me, I got to rush. It's just going to be batteries, some toilet paper, and one tub of Hagen Dazs. If there's a Woolies like ten dollar chicken, I might grab that on the way. Some rolls and some coleslaw. This is the last can't be fucked dinner I'll ever have. Yeah, correct. You know, like exactly. Like I'm not gonna be like this fucking what else what else are they gonna be? You know. This this is gonna sound weird, but the one thing I think people overlook in that situation pads. Like women's pads. Because they're super absorbent. Oh, if you have an injury, yeah. you could use that to cover the injury. Oh, shit, yeah. Even on itself, you've got a very lucrative thing to trade and barter with. See, I plan on. There are women that survive. They're going to need them. Well, that's true. 
I didn't think about that. Like I planned like, oh, I'm just going to get all the batteries and just make like a big magnetic generator and then just have my own electricity. And then I don't need to worry about anything else. Like that's where my thoughts went. But like, yeah, the tampons and like, you know, the pads and the absorbency, if I cut myself or like, you know, fall on my own sword, which is highly probable. Yeah, definitely need those pads. I might get some of them as well. I think they're in the same aisle as the batteries at my local my local Woolies. And then you're running out with like batteries, Hagen Dazs ice cream pads, and you're yeah. pushing past some guy. And he's like, "Oh, that poor bastard's girlfriend's on the period, and she needs Hagen Dazs <laughs> ice cream and some pads instantly." <laughs> That's the end of the world. That poor guy. That poor guy, man. <laughs> I think it. Look, it'll be. I mean, we've seen it in like videos and stuff, of course, like how people behave in these sorts of situations. And I don't imagine it would be that different, to be honest. Like, I think people would actually panic. I think some people would try to be, you know, modest in that expressive sort of unease and, you know, like fear and panic. But... You know, I can also imagine someone just like also going into the Woolworths and someone's got a trolley of something that person wants and they just take it and they'll just like kill the person for it. You know, like end of days, like it's survival. It's like eat or be eaten. Like I could see both ways going. Yeah. I, I could also see it being that stereotypical everyone's outside a Coles or a Woolworths frantically wanting to get in and all it takes is one person to throw a trash can through the window and then everyone goes nuts. Yeah. A small catalyst. They're like, sorry, we're closed. It's like no one's, everyone's just standing out there. Come on, let us in. And then one trolley and everyone just, yeah, that would happen. Well, that's an interesting one. What if it was like a Carrington event and there wasn't any kind of war, wasn't any kind of like government overreach. It was just a really simple instant of a solar flare knocking out our electrical grid to the point where it can't be turned on in a quick amount of time. The trucks wouldn't be working. It's three days until people start to get angry and run out of food. Well, we're going to have to get some new generators up and running and all the kids that no longer have TikTok are going to be like chewing off their like fingers and toes. And people are going to, yeah. I, I I think smaller communities will do fine. I think like small, like, you know, like rural towns and stuff will, will be completely fine because everyone sort of knows each other generally speaking and what people do but for cities oh forget about it Cities just going to be like i feel like i'm going to be playing like daisy or like one of those like survival battle royale games so get in get as much resources you can and get the fuck out or you're going to get shot like i feel like it's that's will happen in the cities for sure but rural areas i think will be fine but like they'll form their own communities they'll set up like sheriffs and stuff like that you know like people might they'll set their own borders and put up massive fences and stuff like that and have their own community, their own gardens. And I think that will, will happen. And we, we yeah. saw the, we saw the, the precipice of that during COVID in regional Victoria. We did. Actually, when, yeah. when there was the whole idea of things becoming scarce, toilet paper, rice, you know, all these things that had limits on them and you couldn't get them in the city. Mm. People from Melbourne were taking buses out to regional areas and going to the shops as soon as it opened buying everything out and going back to Melbourne. And it got to the point where there's a town not too far from me, about a 30 minute drive down the road where three buses from Melbourne pulled up and the locals had cottoned onto it by now because it happened in my town. And now it was, they're moving further out. 
and all the locals got there and they blocked them from entering the actual establishment in the morning. That's wild. Wow. And that was a small little taste of how things could potentially go. And you know it would you know it would go beyond that as well. Absolutely. Like on, in in a in a mass civilization sort of shift of something happening, like where everyone's affected instantaneously. Oh mate. That's where I everything. That's where I talk to the, the old man about like we've we grew up watching those types of zombie movies, The Walking Dead, all that type of stuff. And I said, there doesn't even need to be a virus or undead people. If the food supply suddenly stopped, you've got like 5.5 million hungry people in Melbourne. Three days, it, bro. you got three, three days. Yeah. Coming out of Melbourne looking for food and they're going to go to the regional areas. There's going to be walking hordes of hungry, angry people. Oh, yeah. Like, the highways are going to be fucked because people are going to panic. There's going to be car accidents. So because there's a car accident, people are just going to be like, oh, well, we're not going to move. So they're going to either drive around, run people over in panic, or they're just going to leave their cars and go. But there'll be people walking in hordes, man. It'll be wild, dude. Dude, you'll see if that something like this happens, and I pray it doesn't. I pray in our lifetime it doesn't, bro, but I feel like it is. And if it is... You'll see a massive migrational shift from the coast to the re- to the regional rural areas. You'll see a complete transition, like a complete transition. Like the cities will decay, bro. They'll become like they'll become like fanciful tales, you know, of a generation past, like of a great fucking city of Melbourne that once existed. Now it's like a desolate wasteland for the barbaric hordes of Chadston, you know, that come in and. Yeah, so anyway, Chadston's a suburb in Melbourne, a town, a municipality, if you will. See, I don't, I as I see Melbourne as an urban death maze, and Melbourne, like a lot of people say, Melbourne is the center with the the skyscrapers and whatnot. But I don't see a deviation of the smaller city councils, which once used to be towns. Melbourne just keeps spreading. It's literally the epicenter of the state and it keeps spreading like a cancerous thing. It keeps consuming everything in its path, taking up all the viable farmland that could still be used. Instead of building up, we keep building out. That in itself, I think, is an apocalypse. Like, how are we supposed to feed ourselves as a country if we keep destroying our arable um, food land? Look at the look at that uh, that tax that was introduced last year, July first, the um, the windfall gains tax. Right in Victoria, it took what in six regions across Victoria, it took anything that was two hectares or more, I believe, two hectares or greater. Um, that if the it got automatically transitioned or the land got re uh, rezoned from agriculture from farmland or agricultural land to residential land, if you fell into these sectors, and whatever the valuation went up by over $100,000, you had to pay a 50% tax up front to the government, to the state government, whether you sold the property or not. And if you didn't have the money, you deferred it, and you could defer it up to 30 years with accrued interest. Dude, you had, I think there ended up being like 90,000 properties across. No one even spoke about this, bro. They ended up being like, I think it's like 90,000 properties across those six regions in Victoria that changed into residential land. Now, obviously some are going to benefit. Yeah, well, I get to build more. I get to build property. I can become the property developer I've always wanted. Bro, no worries, brother. I get to build up properties. 
la 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 la. But when it comes to the nature of food production, it fucked food production, bro. It completely well, fucked it. And this is the funny thing: the precursor to that tax it existed in my area. The estate I live in at the moment used to be quality farmland for dairy and for um, beef cattle, right? And the farmer who owned the land that we're on now, it was a rezoning thing from the council that put him into just standard um, zoning. It wasn't considered to be farmland anymore. It was residential zoning. This guy had a running operating farm and it then completely just overnight was taxed to the point where he couldn't operate it anymore. It was gone. The taxing was costing that much. He had to subdivide and get rid of the property. That's wild, man. <laughs> they're only like they're just building houses down at the bottom now where the old farmhouse was. They've knocked down the old farmhouse. They've moved the cattle runs, and it's all brand new housing. It's wild, right. absolutely wild. Re- regions of Cranbourne were affected by this zoning that was that fell into one of the six regions or that region where like Cranbourne is and the surrounding farmland areas. But it's 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 crazy that like these implementations even come into effect. It's like, bro, like how much money are you making on the side that you have no issue just like squandering the ability for people to live their best lives? Like, how do you even like I don't know, I guess this is why I don't sit in like left or right with politics. I think this is why I'm like very centrist. I I didn't know what like a libertarian was until Donald Trump fucking came into office. But I've always had like that similar mindset of like very centrist in a regard. Like I, like my sort of thoughts on society are one that functions perfectly with a minimal government, but that government goes out of its way to make sure that society has the best available resources, that the individual can be the best versions of themselves and live completely comfortable without having to scrounge around nine to five, be used to that system. I guess this is just my thoughts of like a fanciful world that one day maybe will exist. I don't know. Sounds um, like Gaddafi's Libya. Yeah. Well, fuck. I hope I don't get a knock at the door, mate. Shit. <laughs> Hillary's chapping at your door. We got him. We got him. It's, um, it's weird because I know that they make money. And I understand, I understand that necessant desire and lust to make money. It's greed, bro. It's a sin. Like, you know, like you're, you're adopting that to such a degree that it's not just having an impact on your own, your own self, but also the impact on society. And when you really like tunnel vision into specific, like sections of society that, you change and adjust through policy that has massive or has huge ramifications on the social fabric or the and all the cultural fabric it makes me wonder like how you even got in there in the first place like how many people did you either swindle how many lies did you have to spin to get to that point where you can allow these things to even propagate themselves come into being you know and it's just it just baffles the mind. It just baffles my mind, dude. Like, I just think that there's so many people from the political circuit, irrespective of country, that just genuinely don't care. Like, they just, like you said, they're like NPCs, bro. They're fucking and, zombies. And this is where it comes down to is it apathy? Is it not caring? 
Because a lot of people would say they point out politicians to go, these are the dumbest people I've ever encountered. I tend to think they're actually very smart and everything that's being done is being done for a reason. I have a feeling they're deliberately making bad policies and making these things happen. It's almost like a controlled demolition. They can't just come out and go, we've got military rule now. They have to allow society to break down to a point where it can happen and they look like they're doing something in response to it. Like like what's happening with the the medical industry and and this hospital and the ambulance ramping in our state at the moment. Our hospital system is on a knife's edge of failing. People are leaving the profession. People are overworked. It's underpaid. It's understaffed. It's on the verge of collapsing. And I think it's operating as exactly as they intended it to. Oh, for sure. For sure, bro. Plain as day when anyone looks at it. It doesn't matter what country, bro. Like anywhere in the West, mate, you can throw a dart at. Like the medical systems are they're either collapsing or they're like on, as you said, like thin life support. Ice. Life support, man. Like they truly are. And it's, but even our, even our, even our, even our system of law, even the people that are upholding, supposed to uphold the law, right? Police officers leaving in droves, bro. Police across the board, mate. It's crazy how many police officers have left, not just in Victoria, but also in all the other states. Teachers, another one. Like, is this the intent? Like, is this the, is the, like what you guys have done, you have unleashed, like you truly have unleashed like Pandora's box on society. Maybe not Pandora's box, but almost feels like, like a curse on society. Now society is like crumbling. Like it's, it's framework. It's, they, they planted the seed of discontent for the system and the establishment. Oh, for sure. Because for you sure. look at the, the job roles, which are, having a mass attrition rate at the moment that people don't want to go into anymore. They are the most pro-establishment systems there are. Police, uh, ambulance, nursing, uh, education, medicine in general. No one's really going into it. Yeah. So these professions, which arguably Western society is built upon and requires for its average day-to-day function, supposedly, they're the ones that I'm leaving. It's not people who have got lost... um, like, it's not like builders are just completely leaving the industry. Builders were coerced into taking the shit. Yeah. They're not leaving. They're making money off everything. Of course. They're making big bucks at the moment. They love it, bro. Sure, they there love... might be there might be building contractors and companies which are going under, but that's just creating extra profit for the ones that are still around. Yeah. And then the ones that are still around are like, bro, just keep bringing in immigrants, mate. I just want them keep... workers. I just want to keep working. I want to keep... Bring me those Vietnamese tilers. I need yeah, them. Yeah, bro. Need those Vietnamese tilers. Need those Afghan carpenters. Like, need everything, bro. It doesn't matter. Give them, give them, give them. And it just fuels this... Oh, it's disgusting, like, when I sort of look at it, man. Because I'm just like... I, I don't think most are doing it intentionally. But I, I genuinely feel like, from the governmental perspective, like, there's a lot of intent I feel like there's a lot of intent because it doesn't seem to want to deviate. It doesn't want to course correct. It doesn't even want to like raise the notion or even like conjure the idea of like course correcting into a different, into a different avenue, like turn the car around. Let's go back. Let's go back to how it was done previously. and was done correctly. It doesn't matter what the industry, what, like what the industry was or what it is. It's just, it's like the country has like really gone into this, strange trajectory where we've become the wholesaler of minerals and resources at the behest of like international conglomerates 
and that's honestly what it feels like and it's this weird attack on the middle class that seems to be happening everywhere within the west like the wealth of the majority of societies within the middle class there's the the small percentage of the elites which have more than everyone else combined but still it's the middle class traditionally which keeps societies floating and stable like the idea of the housing crisis in this country instead of incentivizing the middle class to create more investment properties that are solely for the use of um, rentals for Australians that need. There could be a system built for that. They're trying to put in taxes that disincentivize people from having extra properties and taxing them out of multiple um, houses, period. The tax which is going around at the moment, people who have a holiday home are getting taxed exorbitant amounts on that to pay off the COVID debt. As far as I'm concerned, that's just a means of, hey, you you can't have two houses. You have one and you're happy with your one. Yeah. That's that's Where, wild because it's even like the Mickleham like the Mickleham like um uh quarantine facility as well. Like all these expenses, bro, all these expenses. But, but imagine, instead of saying like arguably the government's trying to kick people out of a housing market over a portfolio. Okay, I can get their understanding for it because, you know, they've got multiple houses, they're too greedy and they shouldn't be renting them out of their B&Bs, whatever. Mm. Flip it on the other side. Incentivize the middle class. Hey, you're you're a, um, a couple that have some extra equity. You're both working parents. Your kids are at school. Here's a very low interest fixed loan for the entirety of the loan where you can build an investment property that we will put people up in and we will pay you above rental prices for these people at need. That in itself would have so many people within the middle class jumping on board for that because they're getting above rental market prices. The government's paying them. It's got a security of a fixed market rate. I think that's more palatable and more incentive than we're going to keep taxing you to the point where you can't actually have that property, so sell it, and then we're going to buy it. Was this like the angle that the Albanese government took with like getting more first home buyers in? Because remember there was like some new plan or some new scheme where the government was going to like own a certain percentage of the house. Yes, and, yeah, that, and the yeah. Andrews government jumped on board with that as well. Yeah, yeah, that, it, it was something like fifteen percent of your property was would oh, be owned really? by, or your mortgage would be owned by yeah. the by the state. That's yeah, that's crazy, and and. Like, is that in? Is that actually in? That, that is in. That is. Where in. does that end, bro? It's going to go from 15%. Well, well uh. arguably, I know someone who's a manager at, uh, at Commonwealth Bank, and the people who take up that loan and send by the state government tend to be all Indian immigrants. So they move out to regional areas, people who tend to work in medicine, yep. they move to the regional area, they rent themselves for that period, they build one of these houses with that 15% owned by the government, they go back to the city and then they rent out that property. So they're yeah. gaming the system. Yeah, yeah. To their yeah. benefit, they're gaming it. They're making it work. Yeah, oh, for sure. But I... it's not the it's not the average Australian in need who is getting these these loans for these houses, which they kind of sprigged it and sold it to be. Mm-mm-mm. You know, I saw when I was in India, it was actually interesting. I was seeing advertisement pop up on Instagram for people to rent out their vacant land in regional Victoria to actually build little complexes on it, like little mini houses and stuff like that and rent them out 
to international international tourists, uh, international students. And I was getting all these ads that were coming in. I think because obviously I was like talking about India, talking about Australia, the algorithm was like all over the place. So I was getting these weird ads and I'm like, oh, bro, like there's complete programs. So like, you know, like rounding this up to, gosh, our first conversation about immigration and nationalism and shaking up the cultural fabric and the social fabric and stuff. It's, it's, it's weird how I've seen where Australia's gone from a multicultural perspective, because I don't think it just doesn't seem like multiculturalism works on mass scale. It might work in microcosm perspectives. <clears throat> so like a friend of mine, this Indian lives in Canada He's a big advocate for, oh, sorry, in England. He's a big, he's in London, sorry. He's a big, his name's Adit. He's, um, he's a big advocate for your, your cultural faith, like your cultural practices. Whatever host country you're living in, that stays within the house and that doesn't go outwards. If there's something that you've brought, like, because you're coming to another country to live, you're supposed to assimilate and adopt those countries uh, cultural norms, their methodology, their sort of moral, ethical compass, the whole kit and caboodle. <clears throat> but if you do have spiritual faith, if you do have like spiritual teachings or whatever, or particular cultural faith that extend beyond the idea of government and sort of um, extends beyond the idea of like race, let's say, you should keep those within the confines of your home. And he's a big advocate for this. And we've spoken in length about it. And I find it interesting because <clears throat> when, like we spoke about, when you, when you sort of muddy the water too much, you're only really left with like mud. Like it has this weird effect on society. And we've definitely seen it. We're seeing it right now, bro. Like well, protesting it... in the streets for a foreign war. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's 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 an odd one. It's, but what do you think about the whole take on Chinatown then? Like throughout the nineteenth and eighteenth century, the Chinese moved into Western countries and established Chinatowns everywhere, and they still stand today. They but they did, dragon, but, baby. But but they didn't they didn't kind of overwhelm or subdue a, a culture of the the nation that they're within. Yeah, China. <clears throat> they they went beyond what your example was of your friend. They didn't stay yeah, yeah. isolated within the home. They kind of built their own micro community, but they didn't go yeah, any further. Sure. Yeah, yeah. They um I feel like with the Chinese, like they're very they love money. Like the gold rush, chase the dragon, baby, like chase that gold. Like I get it, you know, accumulate that wealth. Oh, you know. And at that time, of course, <clears throat> the regulations and policies around immigration you know, bit loose for, for understanding. I'm not cr criticizing the time. Obviously that's, you know, part and parcel, but like, you know, you come over, you know, you work on the gold fields, you accumulate huge amounts of huge amounts of wealth. <clears throat> and obviously there's that. And then those, those Chinese migrants that ended up staying in Australia and like building wealth there. And then of course you have the later migration from the um, industrial sort of, aspect where we provided huge amounts of manufacturing to China and, and bolstered up that nation's wealth. And that, that sort of comes back around, but you're right. They get to a certain point. They, I think, I think like the Chinese community definitely have an influence on politics for sure. I mean, when there's like almost a hundred million CCP members globally that are in 
forms of government, infrastructure, doesn't matter what it is. Their thoughts and notions on how society functions are going to be different. And it doesn't matter if they work within a foreign nation. Like there's an ultimate outcome. There's an ultimate outcome of that to be working in that foreign nation as opposed to working in the host country being China. Um, and I just wonder like what can happen, you know, like how, you know, we talk about like society collapsing and this and that, you know, like well, let, let's, go so many let's tie ways, this right? up in a nice little package then, because I think the Chinese played the long game and it's not just politically. Oh, sure. I think they played the long game because arguably China has some of the best records of history going back so many dynasties. They know the cycles. They know the way the world kind of tracks and ebbs and flows. Yeah. If you tie it back to some natural type of cycles in earth to do with the sun. And when we have grand solar minimums and, and grand solar maximums, it kind of changes the growing zones in the world. And what China's currently doing at the moment is not only are they infiltrating governments around the world and trying to adjust or push policy rather, they're also buying up equity in these countries, buying up businesses, buying up ports, buying up um, infrastructure as all was like a means to an end, as far as I'm concerned, it's not to just kind of ruin a country's economy or to co-opt it. I think they're doing it so they've got the power if anything happens. You should see the amount of uh, large shipping container ships that go to Africa back to China on the regular. If you look at that on a satellite image, it'll blow your mind. They're going there for protein. They're literally picking up donkey meat in North Africa and taking it back to China. They're building up a huge surplus of food and creating like a new silk road, if you will, through shipping lanes to ensure that they're going to have enough food going back to China. And that tells me it's not their population, which is too big at the moment because it's in a decline because of birth rates. Mm. I think they're getting ready for some kind of a natural cycle, some kind of natural quasi disaster that they they know through their own history and they're preparing for it. Well, if you believe in the rise and collapse of civilizations on repeat because of <coughs> natural occurring sort of cycles, whether that's solar maximums, solar minimums, you know, sort of the shift, the the flipping of the poles, the flipping of the north and south magnetic poles, these sorts of things, like it's obvious, like, you know, why wouldn't you want to like accumulate the hoard? Like, why wouldn't you want to doomsday prep? You know, people doomsday prep on a micro scale, like, you know, if, and you're right, China, like China has such an extensive record, has such extensive records of history that it obviously shows them as, as, as a people to be sort of idealist when it comes to the nature of thinking macro scale and long, long spans of time. Um, It's it's definitely not another possibility for sure. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's donkey meat. That's crazy. And it's it's protein in general, but they'll get into the point where they were buying donkeys and taking them back, That's like slaughtered, wild. butchered, live, whatever. They were getting any protein they could get their hands on. Yeah, well, dude, I've seen videos of like you know dog farms and stuff like that. So it's you know, it's not another realm. You know, it's certainly not another realm, and it's. It's an odd one because they have such a stance. Not mm, stance is not the word I'm looking for. They have such a foothold um, 
the Chinese Communist Party uh, have such a foothold in Western nations and and even African nations as well, Middle Eastern nations, pretty much everywhere. Um, <clears throat> that yeah, like what if that's the ultimate like goal? You know, like build up. You know, while society collapses. You know, like if you look at like a cycle of like society sort of like rising, sort of rising and falling. Maybe there's this mindset of like, well, while society collapses and goes to the bottom, we're going to be at the top. I don't know. I've yeah, got no maybe, idea. maybe it's that natural fourth turning. They see the collapse of the Anglo-American Empire and they're positioning themselves to be the next empire to take over. And they, I, th- I think honestly, they don't want a kinetic conflict. They war posture a lot. They say they're going to take Taiwan, but I don't actually think they're they're willing to go down a a kinetic war. You can see a lot of the warfare they do is psychological. The warfare they do is economic. They're a bit more sly. They can game things out. They If they have to wait another 20 years for the American economy to fully go into the crap, I think they're prepared to do that. They find ways and means of propping their economy up to keep it on life support to outlast this. But this could go on for another hour, and we haven't even got onto the topic of India, which we intended to talk about. Yeah, and I'm going to have to cut this one short tonight, man. I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, You're no, going no. to have to come back for another one to talk of just course. about India because I've got a lot of questions about theology and spirituality oh, and wait. ancient civilization, some of the things you've seen over there. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, dude, I've got... um, I just finished... I've just finished my fourth video edit of places that I've been to that I haven't loaded up on YouTube. I've just been slogging through it all, dude. It, it's been doing my head in. But um, as I've been going through back through the footage, you know, I'm seeing things that just like bamboozle the mind. Think, you know, things that I missed like the first time, but my camera like got footage of it. You know, you know, like full on geopolymer work, like having this, you know, like there's a temple and like I went up to a wall and I don't know what compelled me, but I slapped the wall and it was hollow. And I'm like, what? And I, lo- I remember like losing my mind. How's this hollow? It looks like just like a big piece of rock. And I start knocking at different sections and there's these big hollow pockets. And as I'm looking at the rock, I'm like, bro, this is not even like, this is all like artificial. This whole site is artificial, but Dude. it looks like it's legit. Like it looks like it's the, du- the duck's guts, like it's real. But, you know, this is like two and a half thousand years old. Wouldn't you shit if something knocked back on the other side? You know, there's been a couple of, couple of the caves that i've been to that i've gone through the footage and i've left it in there i haven't edited it out like these audio distortions that come in in some of these caves and bro like you hear some weird like paramagnetic like audio feedback in some of these spots bro it's it's crazy i didn't hear it like myself going there i didn't hear it but going back over the footage you hear it you hear this it's when you see it like yeah we could talk about it but for sure on the next one i'll go into like sort of my my thoughts further into oh, that we've of got a plan of attack now we just need to stick to it fozzy yeah. another great conversation <laughs> i love how we can go into schizo kind of conversations and still bring it back to the points we made five friggin' hours ago and all six yes, topics yes. back we somehow wind it back up together and put it in a nice neat little package uh for listeners where can they find your work where can they follow you uh, yeah, so it's just Fozzie the Aussie, F O double Z I E T H E A U double Z I E, and that's um, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, 
and also Patreon and buy me a coffee. Someone bought me a $50 coffee the other day and I was like, oh, thank you. That's nice. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. It was a bit of a surprise. But um, yeah, so you can catch me there. Uh, I've been putting up too much of my India work, but there'll be a lot that'll be, be coming out in the next week. I promise you that. You know what you should do, brother? Put a link tree together. So all that's under one thing. Oh, I will have to do that. I will. I will absolutely do that. Awesome. And I should all practice right, what I preach because I don't have a link tree. And on that <laughs> note, everybody, we will catch you next time. Thank you, mate. Hey, everybody. It's closing time. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here.